Hello and welcome to the FPL Zone. I'm Adam and joining me will be two of my esteemed colleagues from thestatzone.com to preview the key talking points ahead of Game Week 27 of the Fantasy Premier League. On the show today, we'll be discussing the potential for rotation of key FPL assets as Liverpool creep ever closer to a first Premier League title and Manchester City switch focus to the Champions League. We'll also bring you our weekly captain's picks and a quick fire round of head-to-heads. With us today are Tristan. Hello. And Alex. Hello. In the spirit of this weekend's boxing blockbuster, we'll start off this week with a little direct confrontation. Tristan, Alex, I've got four pairs of head-to-heads here and I want you to make the case for one of them each. 20 seconds, that's it. One each. Uh, points will be awarded. I'm not sure what okay. the points will do, but you, know, you can just have them. Um, yeah, so we'll start My with Steven points. Bergwijn or Bruno Fernandes. Right, I'm going to plump for Bruno Fernandes in this one because he's got one assist in his first two games since joining Manchester United. He takes all set pieces, free kicks, corners, hit the post in game with 26 against Chelsea with one free kick, supplied an assist from the corner. He's playing as a number 10, pulling the strings in midfield. He shoots from range. He got had the most shots for United against Wolves in game with 25 and the most chances created against Chelsea in game with 26. 19 seconds, that was good. Oh, yeah. Tristan. I've done this before. All right, well, I'm with Steven Bergwijn of Spurs. 7.5 million. He's had a bright start to his career there spectacular goal on his debut would have had an assist against Villa if Son had dispatched the penalty so it would have been a goal assist from, from his two starts I trust Spurs more than Man United 10 seconds well, I'm, I'm just mm. better at it well I mean all brief I, I think don't need 20 seconds I'm, to happy, I'm happy with Bruno Fernandes personally next up John Lundstrom or Willy Bolly uh, John Lundstrom so I did not give up on the Lord last time and he, as he so often did this season he rewarded his followers came off the bench against Bournemouth like a man on a mission uh, scored the winner. Sheffield United next three fixtures are attractive on paper uh, from a clean sheet perspective. They do have a blank in game with 28 mind, but if you just bench him in there, then he's, he's still a good option. There's worries about him being benched, but I think he'll make it back into the team. Longer than 20 seconds. I was going to say far too much. Now, I would plump for Bolly because I don't think Lundstrom's position is secure. I think Chris Wilder will name an unchanged side. He was happy with Sander Burge, despite Burge being sub for Lundstrom. Bolly, well, he has five clean sheets in his 10 league appearances for Wolves, and Wolves have only kept six clean sheets all season, which says it all about how important he is to the team. And he should have scored last game, because, of course, his goal was disallowed due to an offside earlier in the act. Danny Ings or Dominic Calvert-Lewin? I'm going to go for Calvert-Lewin. You've got to say he's in the form of his career. Six goals in his last eight Premier League games. Got a really good partnership with Richarlison going on. Everton much improved under Ancelotti. Yes, they've got some tough fixtures coming up. Arsenal, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. Uh, but Chelsea, for example, just two clean sheets in 14 Premier League games. So I think Calvert-Lewin stick with him. I disagree. I'm going to go for Danny Ings. Um, currently on 15 league goals for the season. Uh, scored a brace against Aston Villa in the reverse fixture uh, against them he has three goals in his last four at St Mary's he's in quite frankly the form of his career and I don't think he's going to stop anytime soon and Aston Villa look like good, good opposition for him to find the net again Finally Sadio Mane or Mo Salah uh, I go for Mane in this one because I look at the underlying stats and before his muscle injury against Wolves in double game with 24, Mane had actually outperformed Sal from an FPL perspective. Both had 11 goals at the time and Mane had eight assists compared to Salah's five. He'd also accrued 146 FPL points while Salah had only accrued, accrued 133. And of course, Salah has gone on this tear since Mane's injury. So now Mane's back, I think he'll outperform Salah again. Uh, yeah, well, to continue the boxing analogy, I think this is definitely the heavyweight clash. So, I mean, Matt Salah's still the highest point scorer in FPL this season. 
he's on penalties. I think if you're going for both, um, then fine. But if you're not, if you're going for two Liverpool defenders or maybe Firmino and Trent or uh, Robertson or Van Dijk, then I would go for Salah all day long. 12.8 million, yes, he's expensive, but I think he's worth the money. Thanks, guys. That was a, a mixed... That oh, really, that, that time limit makes me speak really quickly. Then. Well, I mean, you went over two seconds then, or to make that quite weak yeah. boxing analogy, so I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm happy. There's, there's room to work there, but I am going to... I didn't want to let your boxing thing just go off the, uh, the scale there and we just forget about it. Adam, what? I'm happy with my performance. I think I comfortably took You're always that. Happy. I, I think I won on points. I do have that. I do have that as you, three to one. Alex, by decision. Yeah. Well, it's actually, Alex, you won three of the four rounds. Congratulations, you win some points. Thank you. Enjoy them. Imaginary points. Yeah. On to our main topic for today then. Uh, with even the most pessimistic of Liverpool fans now surely booking in their championship tattoos and Man City looking to make this potential European ban rather complicated as they target the Champions League title, how will team rotations affect our FPL teams, the teams that really matter at the end of the day? Well, for me, Manchester City are out of the Premier League title race. I think everyone are out of the Premier League title race, apart from Liverpool in everyone's eyes. Um, my point being, Man City, I think, are going to rotate in the Premier League. The Champions League is now the priority, of course. It always was, to be honest, but especially after news regarding this two-season Champions League ban. Of course, subject to appeal through the Court of Arbitration for Sport, let's not forget that. But in terms of an FPL perspective, you just got to look at their games coming forward. Obviously, Real Madrid in um, in the Champions League away, coming up soon, next next midweek to be precise. They have a they have a blank game week in uh, 28, of course, because they contest the Carabao Cup final with Aston Villa. Then they've got the Manchester derby against United. And then they have Burnley at home before Real Madrid in midweek. Um, I'm going to come out and say it, even though the fixture's a while away. I would be stunned if any of Manchester City's big performers play against Burnley at home just before a big Champions League second leg game against Real Madrid so I think they are definitely going to rotate in the Premier League even De Bruyne will, will miss out even yeah I really do I think he, he's the key the key player I think he's the first person that I think will be taking his place on the bench in that game well I mean for, if we're talking about specifically Champions League rotation um, and FPL assets and obviously you've got to talk about Liverpool I'm not so sure that even, if, even when the title gets sewn up which it will that Klopp's going to risk all that much I mean you know Liverpool last night lost the first leg against Atletico Madrid they might even be out um, before the quarterfinals take place so that kind of takes it out of the equation but my point being about rotation he's going to if they are in the Champions League he's going to want to keep them sharp he's not going to suddenly play like the League Cup team for example uh, in the Premier League you know they're going for a points record they're unbeaten there's other reasons to keep them in rhythm Um Salah, Mane, are they going to get rested that much? Maybe on the odd occasion. Um, should just mention that Sal- uh, Mane was bought off at half-time yesterday against Atletico Madrid. Klopp said that is purely uh, down to the fact he got a booking and it was for tactical reasons as well. So it doesn't look like he's had, he's had a flare-up of his recent injury there. So I'm not sure rotation is going to really play a part. He's going to want that solid first 11 playing the big, the big difference is the Champions League is the priority for Manchester City the Premier League is the priority for Liverpool get the Premier League won that is all the fans that is the number one for the fans for the players for the management the Premier League is priority once that is won then if Liverpool are still in the Champions League maybe we can start talking about rotation but in terms of Manchester City the Champions League is the priority the Premier League is gone and as such rotation I think is going to be far more rife with them than it is a club like Liverpool Yeah it brings into question all the other factors really about what happens every season when you come towards the end 
you want players for teams that are playing for something that are going for Champions League spots perhaps even fighting for relegation it's the mid-table teams you've got to watch out for um, in terms of their motivation and morale you know uh, you know Danny Ings, for example, is he going to maintain that with Southampton where they are? I think I think he probably will, and they've got good fixtures. But you've got to bear all these things in mind. Of course, you've got to look at you know clubs coming going under the radar like Burnley. You know Burnley are, are not far off a Europa League spot. They've got great fixtures going forward. If they are to you know if it, Sean Dyche's side are renowned for their defence, you know for their great defensive play, clean sheets. And if they can, you know, they look a great option for defensive assets. And goalkeeper, of course, Nick Pope, 4.7 million. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, it's these teams you've got to look at. And the double game weeks, of course, as well. Sheffield United, Aston Villa will have a big double game week because they're, of course, involved in the Carabao Cup final as well. That brings Jack Grealish into play. So you've, you've got to take all these into account. Maybe the top, top teams aren't the best assets. And instead, it's those teams that really do have something to play for going into perhaps March and April. The main point of contention elsewhere is uh, Son Heung-min's injury, which looked rather innocuous on the day, but we've since learned that he's fractured his arm. Um, I mean, you have Son in your team, don't you, Alex? It's I do still. Shame, isn't it? Still seething, you were. I was gutted. I really was. He he had turned out to be, I think, my key differential over the past few weeks. Uh, he'd scored four goals in his last three Premier League games, and he he'd accumulated twenty-eight FPL points in that period. Uh, at nine point, he was. 10 million at the time of injury um, I remember he was clutching his arm at half time and he was getting treatment but it didn't look bad it just looked you know a bit of treatment a bit of magic spray and he'd be fine and of course he came out in the second half and looked absolutely fine it turns out you know after scans uh, things weren't fine at all and now he's possibly out for the season Jose Mourinho seems to think that you know he could well be missed the whole season and it's a massive blow but now we have to look at it it, I don't mind this myself. I don't think I've owned him all season, and he always hurts me. He's one of those players that just—it always <sighs> seems like everyone else is is getting these points that I'm not getting. I, I wouldn't go that. I think it's a love-hate relationship because I brought Son in earlier in the season, and he got sent off against Chelsea in that straight red card. So I, I think it goes away. He's, he's a streaky player, but I've, I've always maintained that when Harry Kane is not in the team, Hyung Min Son is almost a must own because he plays up front and he, he's normally deadly. And he, he could have easily had at least a hat trick against Aston Villa. So who are, you, who are you looking to ship him off for then now? Obviously, it's a transfer you've got to make this week. Of course. Well, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Because I look at you know players in his position at around his price tag, and there aren't really that many enticing options outside of Liverpool and Manchester City. Um, you could I think the first thing you do immediately is look at other Spurs options Spurs have got to score their goals from somewhere they're in a battle for Champions League football so who are they going to get in the team that are going to score those goals in his absence you look at Lucas Moura maybe has played up front in the past perhaps he could take the mantle again could Deli Ali play as a false nine but Ali has scored only one goal in his last seven Premier League games and that was at home to Another Norwich. very streaky player, Ali, isn't he? So he, is. he? He goes on these runs and then he sort of disappears for a bit in terms of FPL results. Well, that's he? just it. He, he had that run, didn't he, under Mourinho when he started playing as that number 10. And like since then, like I say, one goal in his last seven Premier League games at home to the bottom club. He also got an assist, though, as well, worth mentioning. Bergwijn, we talked about him earlier, on his debut, scored on his debut, won a penalty as well. Yep. So I mean, massive differential as well, these players that... Um, are new to the Premier League in January you know Bruno Fernandes another one as we've mentioned before but he'll be picked up by more managers purely because he plays for Man United um, is that still the case now would you still say Man United is uh, it's still if, if any Man United player does well they're a bandwagon all of a sudden absolutely you look, you look yeah. at the price changes website and they're, they're you know they're, they're going up in price quite frequently 
you know, players like Wan Bissaka still pretty well owned overall. I think Mike, Maguire's Mike, quite well owned too. Maguire's uh, quite well owned. Hey, you should have had a red card, by the way. Yeah, well, he was he was very much identical to Son's red card we, we spoke about earlier, but. That is what it is. Maybe Maguire is going to prove a threat in the future now from corners with Bruno delivering them. You know, we talk about Bruno as an option. Yeah. You know, he is he's the conductor in that attacking midfield now for Manchester United in that, in that number 10 role, isn't he, Tristan? Yeah. Um, else, I mean, I don't really want to mention him, but Martial, potential replacement for Son if, if you're looking at one. Um, he's stung us in the past, I think, and I, 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 I try and avoid him at all costs. But occasionally, I mean, he scored the other day. Um, despite a pretty poor performance, I think. It's, it's worth mentioning as well, that was Martial's... That was the first game Martial had played with Bruno was the number 10. Of course, Bruno's debut, who is playing in, in a more deeper position due to the suspension of Matic. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he played a number 10 against Chelsea and Martial scored um, off that game, affording potentially more chances going forward. Watford at home next for United and they've shipped six goals in their last three Premier League games. They're at home are Manchester United so potentially Martial's an option but I'm a, I agree in terms of he can be a very frustrating FPL it, it, just, it goes back to my thing about trusting United really that, you know they've got that great win over Chelsea but do I really think that they're going to go on a run now again not really they're very consistent well, it's, it's a young team and that's what happens um, it, it is and speaking of teams that going on a run what about Arsenal well, what about Nicolas Pepe to be precise yeah Pepe it's it's going to be a gamble if you go for him. He's just come off a monster haul against Newcastle. Um, it's not something he's done frequently this season whatsoever. A lot of a lot of FPL players jumped on him early in the season, and he disappointed them. But you know, it it does look like he's coming into a little bit of form based on that. Two point eight percent owned, so obviously a huge differential. He is in that sort of similar price bracket to Son. Uh, if you wanted to keep your team structure the same. Um, Arsenal do blank in game week 28, so that's something to bear in mind. Do you really want to be bringing him in um, for one game week, then benching him uh, for some for all that money? But um, it, it could work out. You know, Arsenal's fixtures aside from the uh, the blank, they've got Everton next, and then from game week 29 onwards, it's West Ham, Brighton, Southampton, and Norwich. So you can definitely see some points there. The only thing with Arsenal, you'd be looking at Aubameyang probably, you know, of in course, different positions yeah. um, for points. But you can't rule Pepe out. And I just want a quick shout-out to Richarlison as well. I did mention Calvert-Lewin earlier and Everton's tough fixtures, but they've really formed an excellent partnership. And Richarlison, fourth-highest scoring fantasy midfielder this season, which took me by surprise when I looked at it. He's not been one of the uh, the template players, so to speak, this season. He has in previous seasons, so he's kind of gone under the radar a bit. Three goals uh, under Carlo Ancelotti, Richarlison, since, since Ancelotti joined the club. Richarlison scored three in, in eight games. Um, goal and an assist against Crystal Palace in yeah. uh, game week 26 which bodes well he normally does okay against the bigger clubs as well Richardson scored against Manchester against um, Manchester City so you know and he's also scored against Chelsea and that's I'm just those clubs at the top end of the table the top four you know you look at someone like Richardson and you think scored against away at Leicester too yeah. so he's one of those players where you can rely on him against in big fixtures which is important because Everton have some tough games coming up yeah I just think the overriding sort of theme we're getting to here is that the Son injury if you do have him in your team and he's, he wasn't massively owned but th- there are plenty of managers out there looking at replacements now um, it kind of it, it's quite interesting because it brings up all these off template picks that you, you can mix it up a bit now and you might see a bit more variety in people's midfields going towards the end of the season especially if you're chasing in those mini leagues uh, there's, there's plenty out there that, that can boost you up those rankings or if you've just given up like is... like yes like a lot of managers I'm not naming yeah. anyone Adam oh I, I, yeah so I've, I've got rid of Kevin De Bruyne now because I am trying to asset strip 
Manchester City because of the rotations, but also I'm not going to win and I'm fine with it. So now I'm just going to... You should aim for the top million. That should be your... Um... Your your goal this season, I think that that's that's really charming. I mean, I think I, 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 Look, we all have different levels. We, yeah, and I like doing three transfers the night before, you know, ill-advised ones, and I and I get to do that now, which is nice. Uh, so I've done Kevin De Bruyne to Richarlison and Triore. But would you be looking on that note? Would you be looking to maybe come down from Son to, to a budget? and improve somewhere else? Yes, potentially, because I think there are so many good options up top. You know, you look at, obviously, if when, when we finally find out when Manchester City play their double game week against Arsenal, that will lead to both Aguero and Aubameyang having a double game week, which could make a big difference. Strikers, Danny Ings, we've mentioned, Raul Jimenez, Wolves have some great fixtures coming up. Now, the one thing I would say is watch out for the Europa League with Wolves because they will be going all out for that competition. They have a good ga- uh, have a good um, a good fixture in the Europa League against Espanyol, which leaves them a good chance of going through. So watch out for that. But you just look at some of the options. We mentioned Calvert Lewin. Um, there, there are so many strikers that could cause you, that could get you goals, and as a result in that, there are, there are almost too many to choose from. So there's great options for differentials up top. So if you want to perhaps go more premium, or Bamiang and Aguero for fit them both in the, a double game week, then you can downgrade Santa because there are loads of. Again, you look down below. You look at Grealish. You know, someone like Grealish is is a cheap option and is an absolutely vital part of Villa's team. Six point seven million. Yet he was he was as involved as Son. In the game against, yeah, I, I, in, in the I thought he would have got more than that assist. To be honest, watching that match, he was just at the heart of everything. He was unlucky not to get more points. He's um, also due a double game week, isn't he? He is. That, that's the big key, really, for someone like Jack Reedus. I think Sheffield United at home. That game in the Championship was a was a three three draw last season. I think so it was. Um, it's one of those games. It's it's an it could be a goal glut, and Villa need to win matches as well. And he Grealish is so important in those. He has twenty FPL points in his last two, and. Yeah. Um, he should have more. I think even if you're not looking at some replacements, you're just looking to make a transfer, I think it, it pays to perhaps wait because we don't know the double game week announcements yet and we won't do until um, the FA Cup next round takes place and that there's due to be a few more announcements then. We know there's blanks in 28, but Man City's game against Arsenal, for example, could take place in game week 29 uh, as soon as that. So I think... If you can, I would, I would hold because you want to go into those game weeks with at least two transfers. I think that brings us on quite nicely to our captain picks for game week 27. Which players are we singing out this week, guys? Um, well, first off, uh, thanks to Tim for providing us with the picks. If you've been missing, uh, if you've been missing Tim's uh, dulcet tones on this podcast, he'll be back next week. So fear not there. Um, dulcet tones. Dulcet really? tones. I would never. Of course you wouldn't. You're his best mate, aren't you, Trista? Um, he has gone for well. He's gone for a wild card option first off. He's gone for Trent Alexander-Arnold. He's gone for a defender as his first number one captain. Well, what a defender! But Trent is not any any old defender, is he? He's part of a Liverpool defence that have kept ten clean sheets in their last eleven Premier League games, which is is absolutely ridiculous. He's so consistent, and that that's just the key. He he takes his set pieces, his corners, his free kicks, his crosses. He provides attacking returns as well as defensive returns, and that's the key, really, for a defender. It's not just the fact that you can keep a clean sheet; otherwise, you just pick a you pick a Joe Gomez, wouldn't you, in, in a Liverpool team or Allison, the goalkeeper? It's the fact that Trent provides both goals and assists. He's had um, incredible, really, twelve he, assists this he's, season. He's definitely made me rethink my sort of general strategy of um, I tend to only captain a midfielder or a forward, 
just because I, I trust them more to make points, or at least I have historically. But um, Trent, as you say, is just as a, as a threat going forward, and has proved that with his stats. He's got to be a, a captaincy option every week. It's just kind of retraining your brain to think that because in the past we haven't had these fullbacks that have been, you know, that sensational in terms of consistent returns. I mean, you think back to maybe Leighton Baines, you know, a long time ago when he was on penalties for Everton. Um, perhaps Ivanovic, Ashley yeah. Cole for Chelsea, but I mean, it's it's almost he's almost taken it up a level now. He has at this time at the time of recording, he is the fourth highest scoring player in FPL this season. That which is 153 FPL points. That is a ridiculous record this for a defender. Absolutely unbelievable. So I, I agree with Tim in terms of I think he is a f- perfectly fair captain's choice. Um, also a perfectly fair captain's choice is Mo Salah because like, Mo Salah at home is just, he's, he's going to be the first start. He's almost certainly going to be the highest uh, captain yeah, easy, choice this, this week without a doubt. Um, if you steer away from him, it could lead to reward, but also it, it's a massive risk. He got a goal and assist against West Ham uh, in the game against them at the London Stadium as part of uh, the double game week in 24. He's got a good record against he West Ham. He has a very good he? record against West Ham. Um, only once in five has he failed to find the net and he's never failed to score against West Ham for Liverpool at Anfield, which says it all, really. In, in two previous home games. Day. yeah, I haven't done that in ages. Yeah, two well, previous home games. give me some better stats, I'll bring the stat of the day jingle back. <laughs> Don't go too far. Um, yeah, what can I say? Eight goals that Liverpool scored past uh, West Ham uh, in their last two home games. I think that, that says it all, really, for Mo Salah. He's expensive, but he's going to be the most captain player. Rested so a little bit last night as well, um, at time of recording. Yeah, he was brought Wednesday. off, was it around the 70th minute? A bit um, early in that, I yeah. think, yeah, about 68. Around, uh, yeah. around that time. Um, yeah. Much of a muchness. I don't think he was injured. I think it no. was more to do with the fact that you know, whether the game, it, Klopp thought the game was gone, wanted to go a bit more defensively, who knows, but irrelevant really, he seems fine, and if he plays against West Ham, I think any captain, I think it, I think you could rely on him comfortably for a return as a captain. For sure. Who else has Tim gone for? He's gone for Danny Ings as well, uh, that makes sense, uh, mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, Aston Villa are their opponents, and in the reverse fixture at Villa Park, Danny Ings scored twice. So, uh, and of course, that was that was the fixture where Liverpool had the blank game week. So there were many different captains that week. Yeah. I think a lot of people went for Manchester City options, but if you'd have gone for Danny Ings that week, he'd have got you two goals and you know really got you up in the table. And I think it just says it all really for him that um, you know with twelve games to go, he's going to be eyeing his first twenty goal season since he was at Burnley in the Championship to get him up to the Premier League. I think he's it's looking like he's going to race to that race to that record. 15 so far in, in the Premier League this season. Villa are also the worst defence. They've shipped 50 goals already in the Premier League uh, this campaign. So you look at that. Every time you watch Danny Ings, he's a threat. Every time he even gets a sniff on goal, he's shooting. He's greedy. Uh, he's accurate. He's deadly. And uh, a great captain's option in my eyes. Yeah. Would you, though? Are you? Have you got Ings in your team? I don't have Ings in my team, but I'm cons- as a Son owner, mm. I'm considering potentially taking a hit. Uh, and instead of go because Danny Ings is such a great price I think it's um, 7.2 million currently Danny Ings is which is just an absolute 7.1 years even cheaper he's such a superb price for, for his his current points tally 135 oh yeah I don't doubt his credibility as a general option well, you, in, in you, terms of captaining him it's I think Aston Villa again Aston Villa at St Mary's he scored three goals in his last four games at St Mary's I think I think the option is there. He scored a brace against them at Villa Park. He, Villa More are in terrible Salah. defense. More than Salah. Well, if you want to go differential, it's there for you. It's an option. Mm. It's there for you. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a decent option. I, it's personally my own sort of 
the way I play it, I suppose, because I, I captained Salah, I think, three weeks in a row. He got 16 points, 16 points, and he did blank last game week, um, which is far more than Ings over that time. So, yes, I, it's, it would be a bit of a gamble, I think. Um, it would, and this one would be, I'm going to move on quickly, another gamble possibly is Raul Jimenez for Wolves, simply because he has no goals or assists in his last two games. If he blanks again against Norwich, it'll be uh, first time since game week seven. He's blanked three times in a row. But Norwich at home, he should be afforded chances. He scored against Norwich in the reverse game at Carrow Road. He averages 3.3 shots per game. That's the fourth best in the league. Norwich are giving up 15.4 shots per match, which is the third worst in the league. Jimenez should have scored in game week 26 against Leicester. He had that chance from the corner in the last minute of normal time. A free header had to score and missed the chance very unlike him bodes well for the future I think missing a chance like that but I think he's a fair shout as well if you're looking for a more of a differential pick uh, what about he's gone for like an ultra differential or, or at least well oh. he's, he's a heavy hit of this player well he is Aubameyang I think that's why he's he's deemed an ultra differential because yeah, he's so well why Emmerich, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is a differential choice at it's one of the premium forwards in the game. Because he's owned by 17.2% of managers. A number of those will be dead dead teams. Yeah. I think it's fair to inactive managers. He's not in the template at the moment, so the, the top 10k ownership would be low for Aubameyang. Yeah. He, he, he's come off the suspension, hasn't he, against Crystal Palace after getting sent off against Crystal Palace. He was out for three games. Since coming back, he's played two games. He didn't score against Burnley in his first game. And having now scored against Newcastle, he's a very streaky player, Aubameyang, isn't he? And this, and I think people haven't perhaps cottoned on to that. And once people realise that Arsenal have a double game week coming up as well, if it, that's doubled up with a kind fixture, Man City way isn't the easiest. But if you double that with a kind fixture, I feel like people will start to jump on him a bit more. Um, In fact, Tim himself uh, captain Aubameyang last he week. He did, yeah. Though yeah. Tim's a big fan of Aubameyang, which makes sense why he's an ultra-differential for him. Um, he's club captain, so he's, he's also a fan of Andre Ayew. So, uh, not sorry, Jordan Ayew. He's a fan of Jordan yeah, yeah, he is a fan of Jordan Ayew. It's just really question. I'm not a fan of any Crystal Palace asset, personally. I've been burnt by Zaha this season, but that's another discussion. Um, he averages 5.7 points per appearance, which is behind only Aguero, Rashford and Vardy which is a very is a good statistic for Aubameyang mm. but due to his price he is considered an ultra differential but an option nonetheless I just in my head I have last week's mini argument between you and Tim where you listed Sadio Mane as your differential choice and Tim said that he was not a differential for much the same reason that this week Tim has picked Aubameyang as a differential well, he's come round to my way of thinking, so I'm hardly going to criticise him for that. I think that's common sense, personally. So you think you've drilled it into him and he's absorbed I think he's observed a bit of common sense from me, absolutely. Well, I mean, you can read this article on statzone.com, our fantasy section. Yeah, um, it's our featured article. It is our featured well. article, and uh, along with plenty of other content. The head-to-heads that we mentioned earlier, they'll be up later in the week once game week 26 finishes. Uh, we'll then have statistical graphics with those... Um, with those player head-to-heads illustrating who's performing better over the course of the season, along with plenty of other content. Uh, yourself, Alex, will be doing the predicted lineups on yeah. Thursday and Friday. Yeah, that will be exciting. We've got a full list of games over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, so we'll have lineups for every single one of those. We've also got a fixtures piece up as well, talking about the fixtures going forward and certain teams and players that may benefit. Lovely stuff. That's mm. all we have time for today. Uh, thank you for listening or downloading our podcast if you've enjoyed it please feel free to give us a review and spread the word follow us on Spotify Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud and make your friends do the same make them make them force them I, I wrote coerce and I've changed it to make okay. I think it's just 
make convince them. yeah convince coerce make just follow us more please subscribe good input um, <laughs> but shut up <laughs> yeah it's goodbye from Tristan goodbye goodbye from Alex goodbye that's goodbye from me we'll see you next week goodbye.